Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. For more information on how CertainPath can put your contracting company on a certain path to success, visit our website, www.mycertainpath.com. I hope you enjoyed today's show and take away another or two. Esty, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm very excited to have you. For those who've not met you at a training or an expo or watched any of your other videos before, can you kind of share with everyone your name and what you do for Certain Path? Sure. So my name's Esty Jacoby. Um, I've been here with Certain Path for almost six years now, and I've been in the trades for about, gosh, it's going to be 16 years now. Uh, with yeah. Certain Path currently, I am a coach and a training facilitator. I primarily work with HVAC, but I also work with members of other trades, plumbing, electrical, kind of thing, and get to do a slew of different classes. So it's a lot of fun. That's very exciting. Yeah, uh, it's been, uh, I guess, a couple of years since we've had you on. I think it's been, it doesn't feel that long, but I think it has. And your your video on the HVAC sales process is still one of our most watched. So it's like, we got to get SD back on. Um, for those uh, For those who really didn't get to watch that one or had met, you said 16 years. Kind of talk about your journey in the trades, what all you've done. Sure. So I, I came into the trades on accident, and I love being able to tell this story because I had zero plans for it. But I got placed with a temp agency at a heating and air conditioning company in Palm Springs, California, who was a member of Certain Path. And I love to talk about how they recognized in me what my uh, specialties were and what I wasn't so great at. And part of that was paperwork. And when they brought me in, I was an admin <laughs> assistant. And I'm, I'm much better with people than I am with paper. So they said, let's find you the right seat on the bus. And so I went to sales lead coordinating, sales management, um, eventually transitioned into the field as a comfort advisor. And that's where my career just really took off. And being with you guys as part of your program, it, it taught me everything that I know. And just once I got out into the field, started making sales. And by the time I knew it, within a year and a half, I was already doing close to two million a year. And then my first yeah. solid full calendar year on my under my belt, I did just shy of two point five million and became the certain path first female champion over a million bucks or two million bucks. Wasn't yeah. you, were you a three-time crown champion, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, it's a, yeah, three-time crown yeah. champion. Yeah, and that was, I don't want to you know, date you, but it's not when have all the numbers have been inflated like they kind of are now a little bit. The 2011, 12, and 13, and I like to think about it. Like, what would those numbers look like, you know, 2.5 back then? What would that translate to today? That's a lot to think about. I know. Yeah, but anyway, so you definitely uh, have credibility in this subject and want to let everyone know how long you've been in it. And, and uh, you've certainly been in lots of ride-alongs and helped plenty of other crown champions. I know uh, Sean, our Sean Mitchell videos, another one that we get tons of clicks. And, you 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 know, he learned from you in your, your training class. So uh, if you guys haven't watched uh, ST's other stuff, please check it out on the channel. But uh, today I wanted to talk about kind of what a senior service technician's process is through a call. So you know, he typically or she goes to older systems and how we kind of convert those from 
repairs to where it probably makes more sense for the homeowner to look at replacement opportunities. So um, I kind of want to start from the beginning of the process, if that's okay with you. So, Absolutely. Um, and that's that, that's that drive uh, to the home. So what do you do or what do you train uh, technicians to think about, you know, what kind of research should they do? How do they get their mind right as they approach uh, another call? So I always like to say the first call of the day is the easiest call, hopefully, for you. You've gotten up, taken a shower, feel good, had a cup of coffee or three if you're like me, and can get out on the road. And hopefully you're not carrying any of that home life or previous day baggage with you. So that's why I like to say the first call of the day is probably the easier one. After that, let, let's say maybe we didn't have such a great call, or maybe we got a no when we were hoping to get a yes. We've got to learn how to keep the last call at the last call and not take it to, to the new homeowner with us. So a lot of what we talk about is making sure, first things first, that physically we look good. Because I always tell people the last customer of the day doesn't get a discount because you crawled through a, a dirty attic or, um, or because you smell like you crawled through a dirty <laughs> attic. So yeah. there's no discount for them. They still have to pay what the first customer paid. So we've got to sure. make sure we're putting our best foot forward for everybody. So first things first, check yourself. Do you smell bad? Do you look bad? If you do, make sure you have a change of clothes with you and uh, that you can attempt to mitigate some of the smell. After that, it's getting your mindset right. For me, that was blasting really loud music and having fun sing-alongs in the truck by myself. Sometimes I would touch base with my dispatcher just to say, hey, I, I just need to vent for a minute to get it all out. Yeah. And she would listen and tell me, you got this, let's go. And she would help me just pump me up and, and get me ready. Um, so it really just kind of depends on what works for that person. But being able to separate last call, home life, whatever is going on in your world from what you're about to go do is the most important. Did you like talking to the homeowner as you drove there, or did you really rely on dispatch for background on what that call would be that you're facing? So I think it's a little different for each role because I was a comfort advisor and not a tech. Um, I made that initial call on the way to the customer. It was a great way to introduce myself. They could hear my voice. They could hear the excitement in my voice. So even if that meant I had to muster a little extra something for them, I did that sure. before I got to the call. It just sets the tone. Um, most of the time technicians are being dispatched by the dispatcher, so they're not the one to touch base, but if that is part of their role to call, absolutely do the call and put your best voice forward. <laughs> right, right, for sure. Now, when you, you know, as a technician driving to the call, what, like, what kind of information is most beneficial from the dispatcher to kind of get your mind right along, you know, maybe start somewhat deciding what needs to be fixed or looked at or something like that or, or, or age of the home or what, what kind of stuff would you recommend a technician know before? The first thing I would like to know is, are they an existing customer? Have we been there before? And if so, are they a club member or not a club member? Because that'll determine a lot of the conversation is introducing the club membership if they're not already talking about the perks things like that. If they are a club member, we've been with them for a while. Let's talk about maybe some work that's been done in the past. How much money have they spent with us? 
And looking at the last call or the last couple of calls, if they've been more frequent, what's been going on at the home? What recommendations have we made and have they gone with all of our recommendations? Um, after that, I do love to know if possible the age of the home. I would use Zillow or another similar website just to look up the house itself. That way, when I'm driving down the street, I don't miss it and look silly and have to turn around and come back at it because, you know, the homeowners are looking out the window or their ring doorbell is going off or whatever that may be. So I just was always making sure that I knew what I was looking at. Um, and then finally for me, um, if we have the age, fantastic. But I really wanted to know who was I going to go meet? You know, are they the homeowner for sure? If they're not the homeowner, what am I doing here? Who am I going to be able to connect with to get authorization for anything that I'm doing? So seeing if there's any of that kind of notes in the system for me. Good stuff. Great stuff. Very good. All right. So we uh, we get to the house. You know, you make the knock. You step back. Homeowner lets you in. Uh, that's just a critical first moment to make that connection. Melissa, trust you. Trust starts with that conversation. So how do you kind of recommend people, you know, get people to warm up to you? What questions do you ask? Do you have any kind of advice in that particular situation? Sure. So... Instead of allowing the homeowner to drag you right to the area of concern, because that's a lot of times what they're going to do, like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, you know what? The condenser's on the other side of the house. Just go take a look and come on back when you're done. When they do that, I can't spend time getting to know them in the beginning. So I would always use my value statement just to kind of take that friendly control of the call. Like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to take a look at that. In fact, I'll take a look at the entire system for you. But before I do that, do you mind if I come in, maybe ask you a couple of questions, get to know you and how you use the home and the system? So that way, as I'm going through and doing my inspection, if there's anything specific I should look for, I'll know what to look for. Right. Very good. Very good. So once you get in, though, you don't you don't typically jump right into the questions if you can, right? You try to make an observation of the home or, you know, try to start off on a, on a light lighter foot, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If we can build rapport in the beginning, the rapport will carry out through the entire call. This is the foundational part of our call. So the more we get to know them, the more they like us, the more they trust us, the more they're going to be willing to listen to and consider our recommendations. So yeah, observing something in the home, maybe they have a cool car in the driveway or like for those that have come into my home, um, they notice like pictures on the wall and we'll say, hey, did you take those? Tell me about it. And it's a great way to get the customer talking about something that they like, which gets them right. to open up. For sure. How much in those those early moments are you paying attention to body language and how they converse with you to try and kind of self -di or self diagnose them on in terms of disc? We use that as a personality profile uh, tool, yeah. a certain path. How much of that are you doing in those those early stages? Oh, it, a lot in the beginning. I'm I'm wanting to see what kind of mindset they're in currently because if if they're stressed out right when I get there, they're going to be more stressed out as I go through the call because they know anything I find means dollar signs to them. Right. So if I can bring them down, ease their mind, you know, set the tone, show them that we're professional, then I can do that from the very beginning. Or for me, being if we're talking disc, I'm an eye on the disc personality profile, which means. I'm kind of a talker and love to socialize. And if I'm against someone that is the absolute opposite of me, I've got to pivot very quickly. So I don't turn them off from the first five minutes that I'm in their home. Right. Sure. You brought up a, a interesting point I want to follow up on in terms of 
putting people's minds at ease. I think that's a big part, right? Because so many people are stressed out. My furnace isn't working, whatever, you know, and, and they're they're worried about money. Is there anything you do to kind of reassure them? You talk about a credibility statement, you know, maybe you just have that comfort that, oh, I have an ex- expert in here. Or, or what what do you recommend to try and ease homeowners, get the blood pressure down just so that small talk and getting to know people for a big majority of the community, that'll work to help put their mind at ease. For some people, though, it might have the opposite effect. They might be like, all right, let's just get to the point. I want to know what's going on in my home. So being professional and walking through the the first few steps there, which in, in our case is all about talking about today's service experience, what they can expect to see on the call. And when people understand what the path will look like, how we're going to take them from we're stressed today to I've solved your problems later on, I think they like to see that because then they know, hey, we're following these steps. We're going to be professional. We're doing everything that we can. And we show them how it's in their benefit to be able to do those things. So for us, opening up a straightforward pricing guide, walking them through the first couple of pages, actually showing it to them, saying, look, this is what we do for all of our customers. So this is part of our process. We are professionals. We're going to help you. And we've got a lot of options and ways that we can solve your problem. So we're going to make this uh, really specific to you, your wants, your needs, your budget. Support for this podcast comes from Amana. Amana brand is a premium brand from Daikin, the world's number one indoor comfort solutions company with over 20,000 employees in North America alone. Originating eight decades ago, the Amana brand is synonymous with long-lasting premium quality products. Chances are you and generations before you have enjoyed the dependable performance and longevity that the Amana brand continues to deliver. Today, Amana brand systems, like the new S-Series site discharge system with inverter technology, are manufactured with high-quality materials and innovative technologies. The unique design and excellent energy-efficient performance of the S-Series is a fraction of the size of other Amana brand systems. Because of its slim design, it's easy to transport and install. The Amana brand S-Series system is available in AC, heat pump, and dual-fuel configurations. Every Amana brand indoor comfort product is built to our highest standards. The S-Series is no different. Take comfort with its 10-year parts and lifetime unit replacement limited warranties. For more information on the Amana S-Series, follow the Amana brand on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I don't want to give away all the the, the details that, that people get when they come to your, your training classes, but maybe we give away one or two. I don't... A big part of that is asking the right kind of questions, whether it be about uh, what problem they're experiencing today. And, and there's a whole bunch of other things on our comfort survey. Is, is that when you kind of go through that as well, that survey at that point, or is that later on? So if I'm a technician, I'm actually going in in tech mode at this point, right? There's a problem and I'm looking to solve it. So these are more of the, uh, we used to call them thermostat questions. They're discovery questions, right? is, you know, tell me about how your system has been working. If you could solve anything about it, what would we be doing for you today? Um, looking at hot and cold spots and and do they feel comfortable? That kind of stuff is important early in the call. And then when we have realized we have an opportunity for replacement, the questions start to shift a little bit, right? And we start getting more specific information relating to replacement as opposed to solving a, a service problem. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I think it's a mistake a lot of new 
technicians to get into sales, those, those are problems that they, they stumble themselves into. So I wanted to bring it up. That's great. All right. So, so we had some initial dialogue and some questions with the homeowner. It's time to start diagnosing the system. So, you know, what do you, uh, what do you teach technicians once they start seeing things that are wrong? Is it, do we do like show and tell with a homeowner and showing them parts or, you know, trying to educate them? How do you recommend uh, technicians kind of handle that once they're diagnosed? Yeah. The if, if it's accessible and you can bring your customer to the area of concern, absolutely. Always show and tell more so than tell and show pictures if possible. Um, if, if it's not, if it's up in an attic, down in a basement, yeah. somewhere where you wouldn't want to drag your 90-year-old customer with you, you'll probably want to take pictures and videos and bring it down to them. But seeing really is believing. And when they can see not only what the problem is, but through our description, what the ramifications are of that problem, they can make better informed decisions. So we've got to educate them along the way. Otherwise, it's like going to the doctor and then saying, well, you're sick. Here's all these drugs that you should take. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't even know what's going on yet. What does this do? What right. will that do? What happens if I don't take that? Right, right, right. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I always listen to guys that, that, and gals that have great analogies. They try to connect what's wrong with the system with something people can understand, right? You try and make those connections. It's easier. Um, just to kind of pivot, we've kind of talked about a, a call where there's a breakdown, but I know a lot of these um, senior technicians are going on calls where their tune-ups just with older systems, right? So not how, how do we make our tune-ups so much better than what someone's had in the past, right? So if, if someone's having you out for a tune-up, probably means they've done it before. They know the you know, they, they know the benefits of, of having their system maintained, but how do we, are there any things that a, a senior tech can do during the tune-up to really make it shine and, and someone go, wow, I've never seen a tune-up like this. So especially for those people that are not members of our club that haven't used this consistently, maybe they're just yeah. bought a new house and haven't had anything looked at, or maybe they just discovered the fact that we need to have preventative maintenance done on our system. So we need to really do some more digging and ask really good questions with those types of customers. You know, how long has it been since anyone's looked at this before? Um, how often are you really finding that you're having problems? And from those answers and from what we find in their home is really putting together the full synopsis for them, right? Here's what's going on. Here's, you know, kind of like how we do it with our you could do, you should do, and you must do when it comes to your options. So really saying, hey, we've got Band-Aids. Everyone can cover up the Band-Aid and, and get it fixed for now. But does that address the problem over the long term? And especially if the system has some age, has wear and tear, or a combination of both, we talk about, you know, let's look at what this system is truly costing you to own it now in comparison to what a new system will look like for you. Right, for sure. For short. So when you... um you know, you've looked, you're, you utilize the system performance report. That's another tool we have. I wanted to be sure to mention that. So, you know, you're taking a full uh, view of what's wrong with the system. Um, I guess, is that point, should should a technician create three options, even though they know this is really a good replacement opportunity? Or should that technician kind of mention, hey, Mrs. Jones, I you know, I know you think this might be a repair. Maybe we need to look at, we thought about replacing your system. Kind of how do you handle that transition from? service mode to potential replacement mode. This is where the magic happens. And this is what differentiates a technician 
from a selling technician, from a comfort advisor. And they really have to nail, I, I hate to call it this, but the song and dance part of this step in the call. Because without a smooth transition, it can feel very salesy. And the reason why selling technicians work so well in the field is because they're not looked at as salespeople. And not to give salespeople a bad name. I was one. I love salespeople. We make the world go round. But that's, it's a different level of trust with a technician than it is with a salesperson. So they need to stay in that tech mode and make the transition very smooth. So this is where we start to introduce those opportunities to make that, that choice. So I always tell technicians, do not go in guns a-blazing with, hey, let's get it replaced, right? Go through your options. Mentioning replacement is great to do. You can even bring it up before you get, get into your options. Mrs. Jones, I just wanted to let you know, after looking at the system and realizing that it's 14 years old, we do have some wear and tear items. I'm going to go through all of those with you. But just based on age alone, have you considered replacing it? And if they say, no, I haven't thought about it or it's been on the radar, we want to wait. Whatever the answer is, just take that one and say, fantastic. We can do whatever it is you want to do today. And I'm going to give you options that will give you choices. Let's go through what's happening with the system technically. And then I'll let you see, you know, based on what we've got going on, what works best for you, what the next steps should be. So we don't want to shortchange the customer and not give them their repair options because that's what we were called out for. And it's when we start leaving those out and go straight for the kill that we get the reputation of being all salespeople in the field. Absolutely. When do you, is that maybe a time where you use a, to, to, to drop another certain path to the true, the true cost calculator? Is that when you sit down? Maybe uh, oh, in a high level here. Share with people what that is. That's something that I don't know. Um, maybe other organizations have it, but I certainly know we do, and it is uh, uh, a money maker for for a lot of companies for many years. Oh yeah, and that is the transition tool. So it's a calculating system that's very easy that helps a customer to understand not only what they're going to have to spend today to get this system up and running, but to look at the system as a whole and what it will cost them not only to keep it now, but over the next, however much longer they want to keep it for. So for example, if a customer says, you know, I've been thinking about replacement, but I really just want to hold off a couple of years or, you know, we haven't really saved anything for it and I don't want to get stuck having to pay a bunch of money. You know, I, I completely understand that this is that kind of project no one really wants to tackle, but let me show you based on these few things, what it really costs to, to keep it. So not only are we looking at today's repairs, we have to look at future repairs. So that's why something like the system's performance report checklist and ours is with red, yellow, and green. Green, good, right? Red, bad. Yellow, stop and think about it. So this is that stop and think about it kind of section. Like, hey, not only do we have today's repairs, we have this, this, and this that may fail in the future. Plus, we have to talk about the fact that maybe they've done repairs in the past. You've already spent that money. We're not getting that back, especially if it was with another company. And then we have to look at how much does it cost to actually run it? We know utilities go up every year. and We've seen some really substantial rate hikes um, in certain areas. I know here we went from like nine cents to 16 cents a kilowatt hour. That's almost double the cost for electricity. So how much is it uh, costing to run it? How much will it continue to cost, especially with inflation? Um, those future repairs we have to consider and thinking about we've got price increases coming in our industry. Like, big time as early as next year 
So right. do we really want to spend that extra money just to wait or should we start realizing those savings now, get something in so we're comfortable? So those are the kinds of things we look for through the uh, true cost calculator. I love it. That's great. That's great. So at that point, you know, most most homeowners, it seems, will go, okay, well, I'll at least, let's at least look at what our replacement options are. Well, you know, you've shown me the three repair options. Let's at least explore that. So what what do you recommend for, you know, a senior technician at that moment? What what are the next steps of that now sales option? What should he or she be doing? Now we transition into the comfort survey. So once they've expressed that interest and they want to look at replacement options, we let the customer know, fantastic. I'm going to ask you a few more questions because when I came, I was looking at ways to solve your problem by either doing a repair or a maintenance. And now if we're looking at replacement, we're looking at a different ball of wax. So let me make sure I've got all of the information I need to help you make a good decision. So we go through the survey and then we turn around and we do a heat load calculation. So I know people use different methods to do heat load calcs. We have a great one that actually comes in our survey that makes it super simple, but we've got to perform that heat load calc. Otherwise, how are we going to be able to provide any kind of guarantees if we don't know if it's the right size system? Right, right. And and we still do the manual one, correct? We like to walk with a homeowner and have the, maybe talk about the value. I know there's a lot of tools out there that can do it quickly online, but there's there's value in spending time with people, right? Absolutely. If you can get them to go room to room with you while you're doing that heat load calculation, you're going to find out some amazing information that'll be useful during your presentation. Who uses this room? Are they experiencing hot or cold spots? Is the air blowing directly on them? Should we find a way to make them more comfortable? All of those things that you wouldn't know unless the homeowner's there with you step by step. But not every homeowner wants to go do a heat load calculation with you, so absolutely go do it by ourselves. But once we are done with the measurement and sitting down and manually performing the calculations, or if you're on tablet, you can do it in the tablet, but showing your work. You think about it when we were in middle school and high school and math homework came home. I was pretty good at being able to find the answer. I don't know that my work always reflected that I got to it the right way. Right. But if I turned in the answer without the work showing, the feedback I would get back was show your work. How, prove yeah. to me that you know how to get to that answer. And that's kind of the same thing with our heat load count. I mean, I could guess. I could look at the old system and say, I think I might, it may be this size, but none of that is accurate. So showing them how we got there is the most important part. I, I, I've talked to enough salespeople over the years. I know so many of them have been doing it forever. They go, I know generally what size equipment they need right away. But but walking from room to room, you pointed it out beautifully. You know, we we learn what people, you know, what their, their usage is of their home, right? We're trying to find out the little bits of information to better serve that homeowner. I think that's something that gets lost. We're not just doing prime photo on the show. I mean, certainly there's a part to that, but we want to learn, we want to serve them best. So they're, you know, taking, taking that extra time uh, is so good. It really is. Support for this podcast comes from Premier One. Premier One's high output germicidal UV is the scientifically correct solution to indoor air quality problems used by hospitals and food manufacturing facilities worldwide. We offer a complete solution to all three phases of indoor air pollution. Produced in North America, our products have a 99.9% .9 success rate due to live testing. Each unit goes through a rigorous testing procedure during the manufacturing process. 
CertainPath members earn a generous rebate when Premier One products are purchased only from authorized CertainPath distribution partners such as HD Supply, Ferguson, WinSupply, Baker, RE Michelle, and Woolsley. This allows you to double dip the rebates too. For more information, contact Mark Mariucci at 800-982-1840 or go to premieroneproducts.com. So after you've, you've made your calculations and you know you've had this time with the, the homeowner, let's talk about, I don't want again, I don't want to give it all away, but maybe some some nuggets for people and what the presentation should look like from what your comfort, your, your company at Widget, you know, Air or whatever we want to say that the fictional company is, how you guys are, are better or different from the competition. Some, some takeaways we can give people. So, I mean, just starting off on that professional foot, walking them through the process, doing the survey, heat load calculation, all of that equals professional. But next steps after that is really sitting down and explaining not just the features of the equipment. We can rattle off what it does all day long. It's more about what it does for them. So with our method and what we go through and teach with our, our students coming through classes is let's not focus on the brand. Let's not focus on the sear rating. Let's not focus on the materials being used. Let's focus on what the customer wants to focus on. What's it going to do for me? How much is it going to cost to run it? How much will I save? Will I be protected? Bottom line, what am I paying? That's what they want to know. So being able to give them the information that they need without giving them too much to put them in analysis paralysis is really the name of the game. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, once we get to the end of that presentation, always show options, right? So what do you train? How many options should we reasonably give someone so that we don't bombard them, but we also give them some choice? So what's a good number? Three to four is going to be your sweet spot. So yep. you can either think of it in terms of your good, better, best, or platinum, gold, silver, bronze. We do optimum, supreme, premier, basic, whatever works terminology-wise for people. But three to four really is that good spot because we want to have a middle because most people will tend to find themselves falling in the middle. So having two in the middle is great. They have a choice even in the middle. But at least have a middle. <laughs> Don't just do two or one. It's right. a middle with right. two or one. Right, right. And then there's always a little nugget. I maybe I shouldn't give it away, but what the heck? We've been we've been good. So uh, always start with that top option, right? Maybe talk about the psychology of starting with the top option. Absolutely. So it's so much harder to add things to a job than to take things away. For example, maybe a customer had in their mind that it was going to be five thousand dollars. I don't know why they all think air conditioning costs five thousand dollars, but they do. <laughs> and if your bottom option is $10,000, you've already freaked them out. You can't go up from there. They're done. So yeah, we yeah. started off, and maybe the top for me, let's say at Certain Path Heating and Air, my top option is $25,000. I've got a full inverter system, and they're happy. But they don't like that price point, but they like what it does. Now I start taking away some of the features of what it does for them and talking about you're losing this benefit, you're losing this benefit. And the more I take away, the less they like that. But they see that the price might be going in the way that they wanted, or I find that sweet spot of what fits for their budget without freaking them out from the first one and shutting them down. Yeah, for sure. That's great. That's great. Um, obviously a big tool for, for HVAC sales, and especially because, because of the cost, uh, is financing. And I know for a lot of technicians, they get the heebie-jeebie talking about, 
trying to figure out dollars and cents. But, you know, really, it's such an incredible tool. Um, and what, what, how do you recommend talking to homeowners in terms of financing? I guess always looking for whatever tool gets you to the lowest price, monthly price, correct? Absolutely. And introducing it early in the call as part of your option proposition, I think, is is nice. Uh, we're going to hear from customers a lot. Oh, I'm going to pay cash for that. But again, they could be that person that saved $5,000 because they were told it cost 5000 and then they're halfway off the mark from even our basic package. So knowing that there's financing on the table, even if they don't want it, is a beautiful thing. And I got to tell you, it was a great closing tool for my very wealthy clientele. Not that they needed it, but right. the short-term no interest, maybe six months or 12 months at the most, they're like, great, I have some time to move my money around. I'll borrow yours for free. And that was the closing tool. But there are so many people that cannot afford to do these kind of bigger packages. So we need to make it easy and affordable to do business with us. And if that means taking the longest, most drawn out term that you can find 10 years, 12 years, in some places they can go as far as 20 years, whatever that means, getting them into the most affordable payment possible is the name of the game. Because if they decide I don't want interest, well, they can switch to a six month or 12 month no interest plan or they could pay it off very soon with no prepayment penalty. So give them something to choose from. So it, it, it pays off to try and take some time to learn what those financing options are and to offer them. I know it's not fun for, for a lot of people, but it is a, it's a great tool. Um, is there anything you do to try and help create urgency to buy that day? I obviously don't want to be forceful, especially if you're the technician that's come there, right? And, it, and you've built a lot of goodwill throughout this call. Um, but is there anything you can do subtly to create urgency? Sure. I mean, the big thing for me is we're going to spend a couple of hours together going through this process. And if they're a longstanding customer or someone that's used your company in the past, if we reiterate the relationship that we've created, you know, and bring up the fact that they don't want to go through this again and spend another two hours with another organization just to find that we had what they were looking for the whole time, which is the full package, not just the the value that we bring with the actual equipment we offer, but the professional level of, of service that we offer to them. That's what they're usually looking for. So that's a way to create urgency. Like, do you actually want to go through this process again and then repeat again and then again? That's a lot of time. Plus, yeah. when doing business with our company, you know, if they perhaps they've spent some money on repairs in the past. Maybe we use that as a bargaining tool to be able to credit back a couple hundred bucks. No one else is going to give them that money back. So that's some urgency there. We're It's sitting in our bank, basically. Let us help yeah. you with your down payment. Um, this time of year, so right now it's, it's the end of the year. We know that price increases are coming. Uh, we've been told some people have already received them. Some are going to be receiving them at the beginning of the year. There's going to be more throughout the year. There always are. I work for a manufacturer. They come all year long. So letting them know today really is the least you will ever spend on this project. Because yeah. I can't guarantee my price will be the same 30 days from now. Yeah. yeah you, you offer, I, I didn't get into the objections really yet, but you you hit a lot of little talking points people can, you know, you can bring up to handle those objections. Like, oh, well. I want another bid, but well, do you really want to spend all that time? I'm sure these are things that you use, you know, out of your tool belt to handle those objections. But again, I don't want to get in all of them. If you want to learn how to handle all of them, be sure to come 
check out Esty's class. It's it's definitely worth uh, the investment of, of time and money. Um, let me ask you this. So let's say someone's just really like, I just don't feel like moving forward uh, with a replacement. Point. I, I guess you just go ahead and move forward with repair or will you give them some more time to think? Maybe they just need to process all this information. They didn't expect to be in this position. How do you handle that, that situation? Sure. Um, we definitely don't want to lose the customer altogether because if we don't close the replacement and we don't close the repair, we've given them the opportunity to go shop us. And that's the last thing we want to do. And we've set them into the wild to go find all of the bad information that's out there. And I know this is going to live on the web, but never, not everything that lives on the internet is true. So right. we want to be able to give them <laughs> best information. Right. This is yeah. truth, but I don't know about the rest out there. No, I know what you're saying. I just think it's funny. Yeah, yeah. right. So we want to make sure that um, we're able to close those doors for them and, and be able to speak to them and give them what they need. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about kind of the post-close process. I think that often gets overlooked both in service and, and sales. Uh, you know, let's say, you know, we've made, uh, let's say on the service opportunity, the person is like, no, I just want to do the repair. That's fine. You, you mm -hmm. go through the repair, you do the best job you can. Is there what recommendations might you have uh, with to give uh, service technicians and how to really leave that as a, a great experience for that homeowner, making them feel like, boy, I'm really glad I called uh, Certain Path Air today, right? Are there some certain things they should be doing? Absolutely. So first thing is reiterating that whatever decision they make is a good decision, right? It's their home, it's their family, it's their budget. They know what they need to do. And then letting them know that they're going to be there for them, you know, if things change, if future repairs are needed, you know, hey, we're here, we're here to help you. But planting that seed, and, and not every company does this, and if you don't, maybe it's a great thing to talk about at your organization, offering to credit back a certain amount of that repair for up to a certain amount of days, right? Maybe it's, my policy might be up to $500 for up to 30 days you can get back. Now, again, we become the bank for their deposit. No one else is going to give that back to them. So we're holding on to that. That gives them a month to think, well, should I have just replaced it? Maybe. And they can change their mind easily. But follow-up from the office is really important on this as well. Got to do that happy call. You know, make sure that there was no miscommunication. Maybe they didn't understand the importance of looking at the options. All of that could have have been misconstrued by the customer. So ensuring we're doing a happy call afterwards and then putting that customer on a follow-up rotation, you know, making sure we're checking in with them a few weeks later before that 30 days is up. How are you doing? System still running. Were there any other questions that you had that we can answer for you? Because maybe they did go do some research. Maybe they talked to a neighbor and maybe they're ready to change their mind. But if we don't reach out and ask, we're leaving that opportunity on the table. And at least make sure you get that club membership. Options, air options. We, we for sure get back in the house. That's right. That's right. Uh, on the uh, opportunities where you've sold them, we're like, I definitely see the value of this. But, you know, still people will start having second thoughts maybe after you've left. There's always that risk of cancellation. Uh, what what should, in, the, in those circumstances where we've sold the system, again, what should that technician being do? should be doing to make that person feel really warm and happy about, you know, they weren't expecting to spend this money, but they feel really great that they, they are doing it with you. So is there anything they should be doing to kind of leave those warm and fuzzies? Educating them about the install process, making sure they understand what the next step is, who will be reaching out to them. 
you know, really playing up how awesome your installers are. You're going to love them. They're a great team. And then being available yourself as the technician to answer any questions. You become the project liaison at this point, right? You are the go-between from the customer to the company, and they need to know that you're available to help them. So letting them know I'm here to take care of any needs that you have, that eases their mind. They feel good about doing business with you. And then again, reiterating that whatever decision they made was a good decision. And here's why. So just highlighting all of the things that they're getting and especially hitting hard on those guarantees and warranties. You know, uh, tools like the videos like these and there's other stuff on YouTube. We have plenty of things on our certain path YouTube channel. They're all valuable, but really speak to the value of going to how much more you learn and, and what that does for a, whether it's a technician or a salesperson. There's a, there's an incredible amount of value in a multi-day training. Absolutely. I couldn't sell until I went to training as well. I mean, it wasn't in my wheelhouse. This is a learned skill. I'm a great talker. I didn't have a process. So going to the training gives you the process and then it allows you to really not only just role play with other people that are in your position, but to be able to ask questions of those people and pick their brains and I am still friends with people that I went through certain path classes with 13, 14 years ago. So you create a community and it's it's really nice to be able to have that. But getting live feedback and being able to practice on other people in your industry and not practice on your customers, that's the best place to practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then talk about maybe the importance of when you go home of continuing to train, how frequently you should be doing it so those skills don't get forgotten and lost. Yeah, because you're going to get home, you're going to feel like a million bucks, and you're going to be ready to go sell a million bucks. But that feeling will start to fade, and you get back into the monotony of the day-to-day. So a strong leader will make sure that they're reinforcing what the student learned in class, going through role-play scenarios, asking them for the highlights. What did you learn? What are you going to be working on? What are your some of your 30-day goals, 60-day goals, 90-day goals? So setting those goals as as a, as a leader with this person to hold them accountable to the process that they just learned. And if you as the leader have not been through the class yourself, it's going to be really hard to be able to do that. So managers and owners need to go through at least once to see the baseline of what their people are learning to be able to come back and speak to it and understand what they experienced. That's a good, that's a good takeaway. All right. Last question. As you know, you were a high performer salesperson you've seen and trained countless high-performing salespeople. What are some things that you do, they do, to really hit those highest? Like, what differentiates something that, say I'm a new salesperson watching this, I'm like, give me a couple. Is there one or two takeaways? It's like, I need to be doing this on a a daily basis or weekly basis to get me to your... Uh, Number one is knowing your process inside and out. So if someone throws a wrench into your system and you're two steps into your process and they got to jump on a call or the dog escapes or whatever can throw off the call. Yeah. Being able to jump back up and pick up where you were or pivot and go to something else and be able to come back and hit all the necessary items to close the call. That's number one for me. Number two is being educational. We're not there to present to people. We're there to educate them on what we know. Educated people make informed decisions. And they make those decisions a lot quicker than people who have to go do research. So don't leave out the information that they would really need to know. And the only way we know what they really need to know is 
getting to know them. So don't skimp on the first part of the call where you're getting to find out what makes them tick. Ask them those good questions. We have a tool called the 12 benefits card that you get when you come to class. And that helps you to, to discover what's really important to your customer and speaking to that throughout the entire call and personalizing the experience for them. Even if your options don't change from customer to customer, what is important to them changes from customer to customer. So focusing in on what's in it for them and not what the process feels like to you. Because it might feel monotonous doing the same call over and over every day, but your customer's never been through it before. So it's brand new to them. Good stuff. Well, Esty, thank you so much for all your great insight and your time. I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Dynamic Air Quality Solutions. Since 1982, Dynamic has been the leader in designing, manufacturing, and distributing IAQ products to the commercial and residential markets through authorized HVAC contractors. Certain PATH members receive the exclusive value of the Clean Air Defense System private label to drive your brand in the market you serve. Our commitment starts with support. We provide you with world-class industry-leading technical and communication training, face-to-face -face and online. Become a Clean Air Defense System indoor air quality partner and dominate your market. Visit worldclassiaq.com for more information. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With Certain Path, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.